Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this Triangles webinar for Monday, August the 23rd. You're all very welcome. It's lovely to see we have um, over 125 participants linked in, building up. So that's good. You're all very welcome. Kathy's away, and I'm happy to be your host for today. My name is Steve Nation. As most of you know, these regular weekly Triangles webinars have two major goals both of which aim to strengthen the planetary network. First, we seek to introduce new people to triangles, hopefully stimulating the formation of new triangles. That's one of the things that we hope will happen today. Um, and second, the goal is to create a space where existing triangles members can come together to share in a meditative visualization in support of the triangles work and to hear reflections and to share ideas about world service through the power of thought from different Triangles workers. It's a very diverse network of different folks from all across the globe. Today's broadcast is focusing on the theme, The Great Invocation, Grounding Young People in World Service. We'll begin with some introductory remarks about Triangles, followed by some thoughts on Invocation and The Great Invocation. Then we'll work with a visualization which regular participants in this webinar are familiar with. And this will be followed by a conversation with our guest, Nina Meyerhoff, who will talk about her work over many years with young people around the world. So if you're new to Triangles, welcome. The Triangles Network is made up of individuals around the planet who come from different spiritual backgrounds and who share a common belief in the powerful role that meditation, prayer, and invocation can play in the work of creating a better world. The name triangles is significant at so many levels. After all, the triangle, the, the three as one, or the, the, the one in th with three and in three aspects, is one of the most fundamental system symbols in almost all spiritual, religious, and esoteric traditions. The Triangles Network made up of groups of, is made up of groups of three people who agree to link in thought every day, visualizing themselves as a triangle of light and together invoking higher energies of light and goodwill. Each triangle is part of the global network of triangles and the lighted energies of divinity that are invoked are visualized as flowing out from each triangle through this network and out into the world of human consciousness, strengthening all that is good and true and beautiful in the world. The network's been built over many decades and we can envision it as a strong, well-established, potent structure existing in the etheric or energetic body of humanity and as a network through which spiritual energies flow into the consciousness of humanity to touch all those hearts and minds that are open to spiritual stimulation. So this is the work that many of us have been doing for decades through the Triangles Network. Many participants in the network draw at least some of their spiritual inspiration from the esoteric and theosophical teachings that are found in the books by Alice Bailey. And these teachings contain a strong emphasis on the role and meaning of the triangle in response to the question, who am I? And the triangle of energies that lie at the heart of the spiritual path 
um, and that are particularly significant in bridging between the worlds of spirit, soul, and incarnated personality. Triangles is one of the service activities of the Lucis Trust, the umbrella organization established by Alice Bailey. Yet Triangles and the network doesn't exist to promote the Alice Bailey teachings. Triangles workers come from different spiritual traditions, and what unites them is their shared use of the great invocation and their willingness to use the power of thought in service of humanity. The work is organized and structured. It depends on the regular participation of Triangles partners in the simple act of a daily alignment with the three points of the triangle and a shared use of the great invocation. It doesn't have to be synchronized. In other words, there's no need for the three points of a triangle to link up at the same time or to be physically together in the same room. If you're new to this work and respond to this idea of planetary service, you might like to consider forming a triangle or if you're already a member of a triangle, you might consider forming another triangle. The more people who participate, the more spiritual energy will be released into our world. And this is especially true of those who are already consciously treading a spiritual path and developing skills and work with the lighted, loving energies of the soul or the higher self. There's information on the Triangles website, which is www.triangles.org, about how you can form a triangle. And there's also a section there where you can form a triangle online by entering your details and inviting others to contact you to form a triangle. Or you can enter a request in the chat box during this webinar today, and others on the call may agree to form a triangle with you. In many of these webinars, a number of new triangles have been formed, and that's really wonderful. If you have questions about triangles, please don't hesitate to ask these in the chat box or to ask them in the discussion period towards the end of the call. So let's just begin with a moment of silence after which we'll sound together the noontime reflection, which you can see on your screen. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. On the call today, we're going to be focusing on the theme of the Great Invocation. And we're especially fortunate to have a longtime Triangles participant and active world server, Nina Meyerhoff. I'll introduce Nina a little later. She's going to be discussing work she did over many years with young people from around the world, especially teens and young adults. And through the network that she established, Children of the Earth, 
Nina has helped countless young people develop the spiritual skills needed to assist them in their efforts to build a world of peace and justice, helping them to draw on their spiritual potentials in this work. And as part of this, Nina introduced young people to the practice of invocation and ultimately to a version of the great invocation from I to we to one. So with this in mind, the theme of our call today is the great invocation, grounding young people in world service. Invocation is a fundal fundamental element of the triangle's work. It really is central. The spiritual energies of light, love, and enlightened will are consciously and targetedly invoked. They're called forth, called forth from the reservoirs which lie at the very core of our being. Mind, heart, and will each of these regions of the self are multi-layered. Each contains depths and heights. And throughout the ages, spiritual paths inside and outside of established religions have spoken of the various ways of accessing the higher dimensions where they can be known and experienced as qualities of wisdom, poise, tranquility, serenity, the peace that passeth understanding. These are very real dimensions of our being, real dimensions of the human, and they can be consciously called forth or invoked. First, there must be the recognition that these aspects of soul or self exist, that they are real. And this recognition can be nurtured through study of the vast body of literature that deals with these realms. Through this study, the mind begins to establish a relationship with the higher dimensions. And so the act of invocation can become increasingly targeted. The realms begin to live and be experienced as alive in the consciousness rather than ideals or ideas to which we look up to. The great invocation is directed towards the universal aspect of the soul. When it's used, it's almost as if we are standing with humanity as a whole, calling on the higher forces of light and love and spiritual power by whatever names we might know these forces calling on them that they may flow into the whole wide field of human relationships, disturbing existing habits that reinforce the separateness and divisiveness of the critical mind, the unrestrained passions of the emotional life, and the deeper sense of purpose and life destiny, guiding individuals and nations. The invocation call is directed to the point of light within the mind of God, the point of love within the heart of God, and the center where the will of God is known. It calls for a higher light to shine into our divided world. 
revealing not just to ourselves, but to all peoples, possibilities for the mind of the human to reach into the intuitive knowing in the abstract realm of ideas where pure reason and straight knowledge is to be found. For the emotional life to become through time more stable and detached, less disturbed by the highs and lows, and therefore more able to carry a flow of selfless radiant love. And the invocation affirms the possibilities for a collective sense of purpose in humanity that can lead to cooperation for human and planetary development. One of the issues that came up in last week's webinar was the question of the wording of the great invocation. Inevitably, many who have used the invocation for decades and who know the invocation through the teachings of the Master DK as it's presented in the books by Alice Bailey, use the invocation in the carefully chosen words and the mantric sound patterns recorded in 1945 by Alice Bailey. This is understandable and as it should be and it's right. The word man used in this original invocation refers to humanity as a whole and it draws both on the widely accepted language of the time in which the great invocation was delivered and on the Sanskrit derivation of man as manas or mind. Others who use the great invocation and love its work are drawn to the need which DK wrote about for the great invocation to be widely used by people of spiritual intention from all backgrounds. And with this in mind, an adapted version is favored using human in place of man to refer to humanity and replacing the call for Christ to return with a more universal call for the coming one acknowledged by all religions to return. And this is the adapt it's the adapted version of the great invocation that we'll be using today, bearing in mind that our work is to imagine through this webinar and through the regular weekly webinars, increasing numbers of people from the spiritual community being drawn to the work of triangles. After the visualization that we'll do now, Nina will be speaking about another initiative to engage young people in the work of invocation with quite different wording from the great invocation, but related to the invocation and with a different name referring to this invocation as from I to we to one. And the name is very significant. But friends, for now, let us work together in meditation. Group fusion. Lincoln thought as a soul, a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working with this triangles meditation group. and say together, 
the center of the will of God I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, imagine two other points of light, two other individuals, visualizing them as points of light. And together in your mind's eye, create a triangle of light. And visualize this triangle as an essential part, a living pulsing part of the radiant worldwide network of triangles. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. And now lift your consciousness to the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy, the world teacher at the heart of every triangle. Precipitation. Visualize the energies of love light and goodwill circulating in and around the triangles network. These energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity purifying, lifting, healing, and transforming human consciousness so that human beings are engaged in the work of establishing right human relationships.
And now together, let's use the mantram of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Imagine the whole planet alight and alive with triangles and see new triangles being formed everywhere. Now together we'll work with a great invocation, silently or aloud as you wish. As you repeat each stanza, visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God. Let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan 
on earth. So, thank you for that. It's my great pleasure and joy to welcome Nina, Nina Meyerhoff. Nina um, is well known to many of you. She's known, partly um, Nina played a wonderful role in a gathering we had for the festival week in 2019, December 2019. And you can, anyone who wants to can look at, go to the Welcome Will website and see a video of that talk. When Nina um, and her coworker Doman spoke of a project in Auschwitz in Poland, um, a very ambitious, wonderful educational project. But today she's going to talk more about her work with young people and her background with children. And just before um, I ask you to talk about this, Nina, I, it's really worth knowing that if you have a look at the website for the Children of the Earth, which is coeworld.org, you'll see that Nina has a, a terrific background in education. She was the special education coordinator for a district in southern Vermont. Um, for a number of years. She um, has an MA degree and, a, in fact, a doctorate um, in educational policy research and administration from the University of Massachusetts. Um, and together with another good triangles friend, Dot Maver, and a third person um, who, for a moment, I've forgotten the name, um, is co-author of a of a book, Conscious Education, The Bridge to Freedom. And for many years, Nina's life was dedicated to working with young people traveling the world um, and a whole variety of programs, um, very oriented to the work that Triangle seeks to do, and also very oriented to the transformation of the quality of relationships between human beings, the way in which we can work together to build peace, um, and our relationships with the earth. So Nina, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a great <laughs> honor to be here, for sure. <laughs> it's good to have you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about this path of um, how you got involved in working with young people and how that led into work with, um, really with invocation in general. Yeah, 
Well, what I'd like to say is I worked as a school administrator of 10 schools. So it was an extensive kind of organizational role. And then I ran a camp at the same time, which was a place where uh, the philosophy of what I believed was best for human beings would emerge. And, and that camp became a world children's center bringing young people from all the world all over the world together to look at who am i and what is my purpose and what is it that i can do to serve life because i've learned uh, very early on that to love life means to feel you have meaning in life and to give as much as you can. And I saw with the young people that they had a great interest in this. And I started reading uh, the Bailey books at a fairly young age in my twenties. And uh, that was an inspiration for me. I felt like I was coming home. That doesn't mean I tried every kind of spiritual path there is and have been with oh, many Rinpoches and gurus and uh, priests and rabbis, etc. But in terms of the words, the, this was my home. And one night I had uh, a dream and Robert Mueller, who was assistant secretary of the UN, came to me in the dream and he circled me and he said, you're ready now. And I said, Ooh, okay, I'm ready. Well, I got ready and the next day I got a call from the UN inviting me to one of their conferences on children. Very interesting how it all occurred. And so that was the basis of my work. And when I started bringing young people together and realizing how they assumed their cultures and their ethnicity and their religions defined them, I wanted to help them understand that there's an inner life that really can connect them. And so we worked together all over the world. I worked in over a hundred countries, but really there was a core group of people that stayed with me. And, you know, I brought them to Thailand and we did a week of Buddhist meditation. We were in Canada with the Mohawks and spent a week there. We went to the UN conference on human rights. We brought 150 young people from war zones together to look at, you know, what is suffering and how do you rise above it? And then they presented to the General Assembly and the ambassadors. So yes, my work has been through the young people and with the young people, sort of holding them, embracing them and encouraging them to really explore who are they and what are the systems that they believe in that could emerge in the future? Because what we know is we don't want young people to imitate what's come before. We want them to begin to design what's in their consciousness and bring forth new ideas. And if they don't feel insecure about that, then they can begin to offer all of us the kind of information we need. And I think it's very interesting because right now I'm working with graduates of our program and they have children and we're going to do a program <laughs> with those children. Wow. 
And yeah, and the whole idea is from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next, because if we want our world to succeed, we have to empower these young people because consciousness progresses over generations <laughs> and two generations down, they're gonna be thinking different than us and they're gonna see differently than us. So anyway, we had a core group of young people that came together and we worked very uh, fervently on the adapting the great invocation. Now, if you look at the title, and maybe we could bring up that page, if you don't mind, from I to we to one. Hello. <laughs> and maybe not. <laughs> if we do that, that's okay. Okay, so if you look at the title from I to we to one, that is the deepest understanding of where we want to go with humanity. To really reach that understanding that we are interconnected, interdependent, and united as one. And it's very interesting if you Google now on humanity, it's very available, the concept. When we started, it wasn't. <clears throat> So here, for the young people, as you know, and I think probably for you too, very few people like to be told what to say and how to do it, yes? Especially young people, because they want to feel empowered. So this core group, we spent a week together. We spent time offline and online, and then in the physical reality together designing what it is that we could take and really unite us. Now, prior, we'd always done affirmations and visualization, but every time it was different. This was a way of really uniting us. So, and because, and there are several young people in the group that had followed this path before, we took the great invocation and we worked with it in terms of what is it that they could identify with. And if you see the word oneness in this, it's definitely something that we all were working for. In fact, in 1990, that long ago, we presented a declaration to the United Nations at the World Summit for Children, and it was all about equity and oneness, even then. Mm. So mm. I'll just read this to you so you can feel it and how they altered it, and yet it contains the same vibration and the intention. And that's the most important thing. And I, I think that, you know, if you can imagine, we all did it together all the time for the openings of meetings, different type closings of meetings. From I to we to one. From the point of light within the mind of oneness. Let light stream forth into our minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of oneness, let love stream forth into our hearts. May love increase on earth. From the center where the will of oneness is known, let purpose guide our wills the purpose which the holy ones know and serve. From the center which we call humanity, let the plan of love and light work out 
and may it transform darkness into light. Let light, love, and unity heal our world. Let light, love, and unity awaken humanity. Let light, love, and unity cultivate peace and harmony on earth. And as you see, we adapted this from the great invocation. And I want you to know we dialogued on each word within this uh, invocation because it was so meaningful. Did harmony, it was that the right word? Did it belong here or there? What does it mean for the heart of humanity? I mean, so young people were really looking at it. And then we developed cards and they could put them in their pockets and keep that with them and use it as sort of a yardstick. And we continue to do that. So yeah, uh, we were, uh, and we are, excuse me, a spiritual organization for young people that has been on the cutting edge of what it is that we believe can emerge, the great awakening now. And yes, I'm in touch with so many of them, especially in the core group who are so aware of what can occur. And what's really interesting is so many of these young people have gone into service work. We have a young boy, that's a man now who has 27 schools in Nepal in the hills with the emphasis on girl education. Or we had a young man in Benin who ran for president. Or, you know, mm, it's just wow. been, yeah, it's been a lot of young people. Uh, yeah, I just think of another boy in Ghana who now is the youth advisor to the president in Ghana. In India, there, there was leaders. So, if you understand, if we start young with our people, <laughs> they are our future and they want to be our future. So let's give them the tools. That's all we need to yeah. do. And a safe environment with a spiritual practice. And we will see that our world will have a happier turn than appears right now. Thank well, you. Well. Well, Nina, that's that's fantastic. What is beautiful about this is that um, through this work, you've, as you say, you've actually introduced really profound esoteric ideas to enhance the skill of young people. So, with that in mind, it's sort of not surprising that some of these kids who were young people then are now moved into really strong positions. And I love the fact that you've put such a focus on just using invocation. Thank you. Thank because in spiritual work, there's, there's, there's very few groups who really focus on invocation, on calling forth, you know, call, calling these energies down and knowing that that's a really powerful act. Um, so this is really wonderful. Just one comment um, that from the perspective of triangles, the, one of the beauties of this invocation from I to we to one is, first of all, that although it draws upon the sort of structure and the flow of the Great Invocation, it doesn't call itself the Great Invocation. Therefore, it causes no confusion. It, right. it, it isn't the Great Invocation. Mm -hmm. However, it introduces people and powerfully works with the principle of invocation. Mm -hmm. It uses the sort of 
basic structure and many of the ideas in the Great Invocation. And I love the fact that it acknowledges the invocation um, as a little note at the bottom. So those who wish to can can look for that further. So that's, Nina, that's really um, hats off to you for that beautiful piece of work. That's really lovely. And I want people to know that I did send it around to several of the organizations to check if they would accept that we would do this because I of course we didn't want to step out of line but we wanted to be able to be our own exactly. yeah and exactly. that that was important but we got approval from as many as we reached out to Beautiful. and you know the young people are still there and they're doing it and they want to continue so right. we are See that I mean that's the real evidence of the livingness of the of the work, isn't it? Yes. Let's have a look and see. Um, now, we'll have a look at the chat, and also, um, folks know that if you wish to um, ask Nina a question or to make a comment um, to Nina, you can raise your hand, and Michael will um, unmute you or invite you to unmute yourself and. Let's, let's hear from the network. There's um, 170 there now of, of us here present together now. Um, one question I noticed. Uh, ah, yes. Clint asks in the chat, at what age do you think spiritual ideas can be introduced? That's a very interesting question. And like I'm planning a program for the International Day of Peace with the young people. And we were talking, the younger uh, ones from let's say seven years up to about 10 or 12, they, they speak from the heart and the emotions, yes? And then when you get older, they speak from the mind. So I would say it's all how you present the work, you know, like young people, Young kids can understand, treat each other like brothers and sisters. How would you like to be treated? What is the golden rule? And it's very interesting also at my programs, I used to show movies, uh, let's say of an animal, uh, you know, killing about whether we should eat meat or not eat meat. And I would ask them afterwards, when you were born, did you have a feeling you knew who you were, what your purpose was? And it would be amazing how many really did. And they would be almost embarrassed to say something. But once the ball started moving, it was incredible how they, they would respond. And then there was another time where there was a young man from South Africa. He was a street boy. And we, in the end, called him Unity, Kapana, which means unity in South African, because Whatever he said, he was always, the focus was to bring us into oneness. So, you know, then you start to see, you know, there are young people that have such bright lights, awareness. Like, exactly. yeah, I mean, there are some that sometimes you think you're sitting at the feet of a master. <laughs> and also, I guess, I mean, for, for young people, one of the things now is we're in such a materialistic time yeah. that, Young consciousness, certainly before the age of seven, is often almost intuitively centered in this mythical world. Mm -hmm. And there's very little that allows that to begin to be expressed okay. um, so that it can, through time, become part of your mind and the way you think. 
So it's it's not surprising in a way that anything that it gives people a possibility of talking about sort of the dream world, um, where your dreams come from, what you really mean when you watch something that you really touches your heart. Um, it's a really wonderful thing. And very young people often have imaginary friends. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. Interpret it, exactly. but I, I allowed it. You know, I right. I could handle it, and therefore I could allow. It's beautiful, you know? and especially, I mean, a lot of your work involves older, like sort of teens, yes. and that's that's when the mind is really starting to become active. That's right. Yeah, uh, and, and they're ready to to move into action. I, yeah. I call the young people the engine that can. And, right. you know, exactly. They, you exactly. know, we can talk all we want, but they'll go and do something. Right. The Risa D'Angelis asks, Nina, how can we participate? And did you know that Montessori's adolescent school, the Erdkinder, that's from 13 up, living on farms and in community, means children of the earth? Yeah. Well, I know it means uh, children of the earth, but I didn't uh, align with that in particular. And of course, I, I'm aware of all of Montessori's work. It was great. And it is interesting that my work started on a farm because you mm -hmm. go into the land and you learn, you know, we never had hired hands. We, we worked the land together. We cooked, we lived. We, the older ones took care of the younger ones. It was a giant family. I would only take those that could stay the full time. It wasn't to be a visit. It was to be a true experience and to really learn who you are and what you can do in this world. Yeah. Emily, um, Emily Shepard asks a really a good question. I think it'd be interesting to hear what others think as well. Nina, how to bring something like this to my community? <laughs> you just have to do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Look, I mean, I don't know. How do you do anything? Exa exactly. That's, look, I, that's a perfect answer. Look, think of the triangles network. That's what it is. Imagine if each triangle is a point of creativity that asks that question and then says, if that question is my question, let me find the answer to that. Draw inspiration from what um, Nina has done. Draw material. These incredible materials nowadays. You look at the, the the website, Children of the Earth website. There's so many resources, and then there are other places as well um, that have resources for the spiritual development of young consciousness. Find the people who are involved in your community, and start from scratch. I bet you, Nina, when you started. Mind you, you had the ex you started out as a special ed advisor, and a lot of people, to my way of thinking, they don't think of their profession as a spiritual place of service. Mm -hmm. And so, if you see whatever you're doing, but if you're in the teaching field, that's your opportunity to for the soul to direct you to find the way forward, to touch other souls. So, you know, I, I, special ed, I was always advocating for those that don't fit into society. Uh, I was a person that fit in very well. So, you know, I always was sort of mother henning that right. these other young ones in. But at a certain point, I realized I wanted to find the young visionaries and work with ones that really right. believed in something for the future. And I saw the school system is fairly dysfunctional with 
even though I worked in it. So I could dream another way of being and I manifested it with these young people. I mean, we, we climbed the mountains in Nepal, we sat in ashrams, we went to Kazakhstan and presented there, you know, and everything elevated them, but always in terms of release the ego, be who you truly are and speak your truth and have meaning in this world. Beautiful. Clint asked, do you still hold camps? And if so, where, um, Nina, and for what ages? <laughs> for 150. No, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I had to stop uh, personally. But what I do do is work with the young people to further their work, you know, because that was the purpose of right. it. It's a ripple effect, just like doing the triangle, spread it out exactly. more, and more and allow it to exist. But thank you for the uh, compliment. I'd love to have your children. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, Elizabeth Spies um, writes Rudolf Steiner and Waldorf education, so it's really lovely to bring that in, um, supports soul infusion and livingness. And yeah, it's really wonderful to bring that in. Definitely. I mean, those people are sort of our heroes, yes? Yeah. <laughs> Steiner and Montessori, those are two giants in the name. You know, I heard the other day that uh, Hitler's major arch enemy was Rudolf Steiner. <laughs> so I thought it's interesting, yeah? Yeah, what it is interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. It's the same as it always interests me that of all groups like the, um, a lot of sort of Christian fundamentalist groups now, of all people to choose as their arch enemy, Lucis Trust is one of, and many also Rudolf Steiner, but is one of the sort of identified as a source of darkness. Yeah. How strange, but occultly, um, like there's meaning in it. But it's, uh, there's nothing outer could explain why a, a movement would choose such a small little apparently insignificant um, group as Lucis Trust, and yet, um, because there's a lot of power on the ideas, and now there are so many ideas that carry that occult power. There's so many groups and movements that carry that power. Um, Michael Stampus says, an honor to hear you speak today, Nina. Thank you for your words and um, inspiration and a great adaptation. Um, and then he thanks Michael um, and I, which is very kind. Thank you, Michael. Isakan from um, Benin in Nigeria sends greetings. My question is, will this adaptation of this invocation affect the potency of the original great invocation? And she thanks you, Nina, for the work you're doing. Um, Isakan, by the way, is a... Um, is a senior administrator, has been the uh, in the registrar's office at the University of Benin, um, and has done terrific work in education and in the city of Benin in Nigeria, um, has done a terrific job in bringing together particularly academics around goodwill themes for World Invocation Day and um, many other times. She's a very uh, fine co-worker. Well, thank you. You know, I cannot answer that. Maybe you can, Steve, but I want to say that uh, my adopted daughter is Nigerian, so <laughs> I have a special feeling for you. And she started Children of the Earth Nigeria, and ah. uh, 
Ugh, I forgot the name of the city. Okay, so let it go. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, yes, Isakin, um, well, my response to that would be that something like this from I to we to one that's designed specifically for the purpose of working with young people and that actually involved young people in producing this invocation, the energy contained in that is simply another expression of the great invocation. Mm -hmm. So it, it, rather than reduce the potency of the original invocation, to my mind, it's like an echo of the same sound. Yeah. And it's an echo that can reach out probably wider than the great invocation can. It doesn't mean that those of us who really love the great invocation shouldn't put our attention to that. but we should see it as one spirit of invocation arising from humanity, being concentrated into these different forms. One form is a great invocation for which we have, those of us who love the teachings have a responsibility for, but this is another expression of that same energy. So that yeah. others may have other thoughts. Yeah, well, what I'd like to add, Steve, because I so fully agree with you is that I still have uh, a stronger feeling for the very original. So I, when right, I see right. your adaptation, yeah. I don't identify it with it right. much, yeah? But on the other hand, what I feel from I to we to one, because we put so much energy as a collective into it, 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 it vibrates with the same essence, right. you know? Right. It right. holds the meaning. Right. Uh, it's not the words. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. And I, that's good to know. So I'm very pleased for people to hear that for in your work with the actual great invocation, um, you prefer the original. It, yeah. it, and there's so much variety um, within the trust. We in most of our basic work, we use the original. However, we make an effort to use the adapted version to show that we're not saying that the adapted version is some, in some way inferior. Um, it's just that it's really aimed at a different audience who might have initial reactions to the word man and also to the word, um, to the word Christ. Um, but the Tibetan has said that we should work with the words in terms of the audience we're working with. And it's really just a question of keeping the true to the spirit of the invocation, the, the potency and power of the invocation, and a little bit of experimentation. And particularly, um, not if you're using something else, don't call it the great invocation. That's all, because otherwise you cause confusion. And then people don't know which is which. <laughs> Um, so Risa says, again, I think, but how can we participate with Nina in her work? That's the thing, Nina. You, 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 and Nina's work is a template. Exactly. It's a template. That's a lovely way of looking at it. Yeah. You know, I never know because I never know what I'm going to be doing next. <laughs> I really follow my footsteps and my footsteps led me to Auschwitz where which was sort of my origin and was the inspiration for my life because my parents were survivors yeah but right. I've never taken that on as meaning 
But as I walked around the world and I ended up like a spiral in that dot, I know that it's my intention now for my life to use that and go back to the essence and build new. But please know that's all following the spiritual path. It's not like I had an idea and I went for it. This, you know, that's the process is once you give yourself to this process, it's been interesting. My life has been a miracle. I don't know if I would choose it, but it's been a miracle. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing of the discipleship path. Um, And I think that many people who participate in this work and participate in the triangles worth it, and often from different spiritual traditions in their own way would be able to speak authentically of something similar. I was remembering when you were speaking about the Christ. I mean, I had a lot of, you know, preconceived ideas about what that word meant and how to jump over that to really integrate it into myself. So that that's part of the learning and absolutely the the openness. In a way, that's the beauty of words that challenge us, Mm -hmm. because if 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 we are in a deeper path, it forces us not just to think, but to ponder, to really contemplate and therefore try to awaken. That's the thing of invocation to awaken the true spirit of what this word is referring to. Uh, One thing uh, that I think about the great invocation that is sort of, it's sort of a difficulty, but it's very important is this idea of that one, that the idea of evolution, that that one will return as the spirit of humanity arises through young people, through all of us um, together as human beings, as we begin to take responsibility for incarnating these higher impressions, not belittling our sort of human vulnerability, but just willfully incarnating these higher possibilities. As we do that, then we can expect some sort of response from the higher worlds um, and and that evolution goes through these initiatory phases. So just as in Buddhism, the Buddha came, in the Baha'i religion, Baha'i came, um, in every religion, a being comes. And so we can imagine for this future humanity we're envisaging, to the extent that we work in this way, so does that attract this incoming new incarnation and that's the real sort of that's such an important um, vision to hold out that possibility not as some abstract beautiful mystical idea but something about the substance of the human will be transformed and then the new cycle starts and then that cycle will have its own difficulties and challenges yeah, so also like to say, you know, and I know everybody realizes this, that we're at a very critical juncture. And externally, we have the environment, and internally, we have the virus, and may the two meet. Yeah. And what they're offering us is the possibility to fully understand that we are united as one humanity and we must behave differently. And we have to begin, you know, that we did the I, me, ism, 
and those days are over and now we have to move into this synergistic sort of collective grouping of understanding we are whole we are exactly one. that's beautiful and if we look for it we can see that we are doing it yeah that's the thing that it could be the biggest source of hope to see that it's not that there's some black and white answer to what we need to do but there's a process that whole collectives nations are on where they're moving into how to deal with this sudden vision of oneness yeah. it's sort of come upon i mean for, for those of us in spiritual teachings we've it's been real for us but it's come upon humanity as a revelation and now it's a question you sort of stand back and say deal with it <laughs> and, and in a way the beauty is that that is what is happening and this work um that all of us are involved in the triangles work that you've spoken of so beautifully nina that is what's providing the sort of much of the substance particularly for the leading ones who need some structure to help craft this path forward um, and that's what all the real spiritual teachings provide and really um, lead us forward and so it's an honor for all of us to be inspired to be together to do exactly, the triangle exactly. work because exactly. we're being called here and we are the pioneers we're the brush cutters you know we're moving no, exactly. forward you know? exactly and that what i love is the beauty of like the sort of intimacy of our own little lives that they're, they're insignificant they're our lives with all their challenges and crises that they come upon us but these lives of ours that we're living are part of this network. And we know from the magic that occurs within our own lives and imagine the network, the role that this network is playing in helping people to see that these potencies of light and love are accessible and can be used in human terms to chart this path forward that's happening. It's a good time. Look, Nina, we're out of time. Uh, there's, um, wow, there's, I'm so sorry that there's just a wealth of um, in the chat um, here. And I hope I, I'll uh, try and save it so I can read them. Yeah, um, one, Val, another um, dear colleague, co worker from Nigeria, has asked a very good question. Um, Nina, yeah. how, is, how is your work financed? <laughs> <laughs> it's called this way <laughs> I, I've been very fortunate and I'll say this and it's true probably for anybody that the more you're passionate about your work and you're willing to go out and ask for money without any cringing but with the realization that this is good work and you need the money right. uh, you will receive it might not be abundantly and it might not be how much you know you thought but you receive money and you make do and you know over the years people would pay for us to come <laughs> i right. mean that was the ultimate yes but you know we just did and you know i also worked on the side in doing my regular educational work but i'm just saying it's all possible exactly. there's so much money out there exactly and if you feel like the work deserves it, it's not about abundance, personal abundance, none of that. It's about the work needs to be planted and expanded. So exactly. people will hear that. 
That's beautiful. Bless you, Nina. Thank you so much. Um, I think we'll bring an end to this call. Thank you. Um, thank you, everybody on this call. Let's just, in honor of the work we've shared, of something of the beauty we've shared, um, let's just pause for a moment of absolute stillness. Let light and love and power restore the plan on Thank you, friends. Thank you, Nina. Bless you. Ciao, ciao.